Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The ISO with Dan Dickow and SB Live Sports, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Here's Dickow from the deep corner for three. Uh-oh, uh-oh. It's on now. Downtown Dan connects. Every morning when I'm working out, I'm listening to your podcast. Keep up the great work. I mean, I've seen Dan Dickow hit some big shots in the NCAA tournament. <laughs> I got to salute you, man. Like, I've been watching you since I was in high school trying to mimic all your moves. Welcome to today's episode of the ISO with myself, your host, Dan Dickow for SB Live Sports. Today's conversation with head coach of Sacramento State, heading into his 14th season at the helm, an alum, but also a coach who's got tremendous amount of experience at multiple levels, high school, junior college, and running the ship at a Division I program where he turned around one of a one of the struggling programs on the West Coast. Coach, how you doing today? Great, man. Just uh, excited to be here. I heard your podcast last week with Steve Pratt. Just loved it. A lot of nuggets there. A lot of things to learn right there. Well, glad you listened to it. Uh, It always makes me feel good uh, that that people are gaining something out of conversations I'm having with coaches. You mentioned Steve Pratt. Uh, We talked off air uh, about both of our friendships with Steve Pratt. What is it about the game of basketball and being a coach or player that allows people to develop such relationships uh, that last over the test of time? I think a number one, obviously it's a team game and you, you know, you, you know, you lived it, you sweat it, you breathe it, you work out together, you eat together, you, all that kind of stuff. And then the other thing, I just think it's the struggle. I mean, Stephen Cat really explained it well, the, how difficult, and you know, this it is and how lonely it is to, to really grind at something in, in, in a way that you're trying to become you know, great, elite, good, all the above. Uh, and Steve, uh, he really expressed it well in your, in your thing. But I think basketball is the perfect game for that because, well, I say it's lonely, yet you have your teammates and you bond and you grow. I tell our guys real simple. Uh, best thing is you work – or a good thing is you working out. The best thing is you working out with your teammates because now you really, really you, – you gain a lot of byproducts there. I really like that because I remember my playing career uh, when I was at the University of Washington to start my college career. It was guys were on their own outside of practice times working. When I transferred to Gonzaga, it was you did that, but then you also worked out together. And so I, I feel that the the difference a lot of times between good and great teams, and maybe you can attest to this with good and great staffs because you've probably uh, been a part of both or headed up both, is the ability um, to get along together, to have fun together, uh, and work together. Is that a correct assumption when you're talking about building a staff? I don't think there's any question. It's like everything else. There's got to be a chemistry. There has to be a mutual respect, uh, and and ultimately, you start with that, and then I think eventually it becomes friendship, but through it's through the grind. It's through the hard work. I I, I really believe that, and I think that – in developing a staff, that's important. But like you, we just talked about, I, I just, I, I don't think there's any better way to bond as 
uh, a team, uh, then working out together on your own, on your own. Getting to the gym at six in the morning. You can reference the summer. Hey, man, remember when we were there in the more every morning at six and we got all those shots up. We made five. We had 500 makes before those other dudes woke, got out of bed that we're playing against. And you can reference that becomes a rallying point. I want to go back to something you mentioned, kind of there's loneliness at times in our sport of in particular, if you want to be great. And this can probably be said to be true for for anybody in any industry. Um, but COVID times was lonely for college athletes. It was lonely for, for college coaches, I'm sure, because uh, you really had an, a weird offseason leading into last year. Yeah. You probably had a very interesting season with practices and testing and travel where it wasn't normal. Leading into last season, I had talked to many coaches, and they really took a step back and looked at their program and, and picked a couple things that they wanted to improve upon. And they did this by reading maybe inspirational leadership books or, or focusing on uh, an NBA team or another college program. What did you do maybe during COVID that really kind of got you through some of those lonely times? You know, it's very interesting you mentioned this. A really good friend of mine, Mike Dunlap, became, <laughs> how ironic is this? And Steve knows him well, too, became the special assistant to the Bucks. So... Again, what was kind of cool was talking to him maybe about what they were doing, what was going on there. It became almost like a ref, point of reference. And in talking to him one day, he, he just he said, use this word nimble. And I kind of took that and I ran with it and said, look, this is going to be our mantra this year. We have to be nimble. I'm looking at it because I've written on the wall. We have to be nimble, flexible, and creative at all times. Everybody, players, coaches everybody because you know how it went it was practice oh no we're not practicing game oh no we're not we traveled down to Santa Clara we practiced we came out of the hotel room or oh, went to the hotel bus to the gym practice came out of the gym at nine o'clock night hey you're not playing drive back I mean so we from day one we really hammered the nimble flexible and creative and was constantly trying to look for nuggets of things that maybe other teams were saying and doing but it was really cool talking to Mike about just the way they handle things with the Bucks. A lot of times during my broadcast prep, I, I like talking to grad assistants because they're a lot of times um, learning the game. And, and they're not going to tell you anything as a broadcaster in your prep that's negative about their program or, or they're going to give you anything that's, that's out there. But a lot of times you'll get an honest take uh, on what their team is good with or struggling with at that time. You were a grad assistant under uh, Dick Davey at Santa Clara. How did he impact you? Because I know young coaches a lot of times are impacted as grad assistants. And Dick Davey is kind of one of those uh, coaches on the West Coast that maybe don't get the credit they, that they deserve with how good of coach they were. Yeah, it's amazing. I actually worked for both guys, Carol Williams and Dick Davey. Carol was before Dick. But, uh, you know, those guys – those guys were amazing, but Dick specifically, he, he, I'll just put it this way. It was tough love. He coached you hard. And I mean, he coached the assistants hard. He coached me hard and I needed it. I was 29 years old and had coached high school basketball and thought I knew something and won something and the whole deal. And I remember one day he says to me in the office, right in front of everybody, he goes, Hey, junior, junior, you're not the only one in this office who's won a high school championship. Well, I needed to hear that. 
know, I needed to go down there and realize you don't know anything. You got a lot to learn. Yet he would do that. And then the next thing you get done with practice, he'd say, hey, man, let's go hit a bucket of balls. Let's go. And he would, it would never be, it was never personal. He was demanding and you knew he cared about you. And he really did mentor and shape coaches. He re- And I think there's a difference. There's a lot of guys that just, I don't, that, you know, there, I just think there's some programs that don't do that. And I think there's others that do. And Dick really took a personal interest in doing that. Now that you're in a position uh, where you probably have uh, a number of people wanting to be grad assistants and kind of get into division one coaching, what are some of the things that you and your staff look for in potential grad assistants? Well, number one, it, it, it goes without saying it's a tireless work ethic. I mean, you get, you got the guys got to be Johnny on the spot around the clock at your, everyone's beck and call. And that has to be someone who I, I would call this low maintenance, number one, low or no maintenance, but then Number two, great ability to think ahead and anticipate and do things before you're told to. I think that is critical. Uh, if they can think ahead and, and, and get things done before anybody even tells them to, oh, man, they're gold, you know? <laughs> yeah, I, I've seen that before. You know, Gonzaga, they've, uh, they've had a number of players that uh, have been grad assistants, and then in particular maybe the grad assistant – who went to Gonzaga as a walk-on and, and has had the most impact, not at Gonzaga, but at Baylor as Rem Bacamas. He's now on staff with Lloyd <clears throat> at Arizona. And it, it's really unique. And I love the way that you kind of talk about uh, they're on the spot, they're ready to do everything. Many times they've done it before they're asked. And there's a personality about them that kind of young players will gravitate towards them. And they, they're a great conduit between staff and players. No question. 100% agree with that. So you take over Sacramento State, which is uh, your alma mater. Um, they had a couple-year struggle before you took over. Um, they had, I believe, close to 40 consecutive road wins. First off, what was the pride like of being able to lead your alma mater? And then second, once you kind of take away that excitement from the first week or so, what was the, okay, we got to do this, this, and this plan to get us up and running and, and competitive in the big sky, which you've been really since the early stretches of your career? Yeah, it was 40 road losses, not 40 road wins. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, there's a difference. <laughs> hey, if the guy had 40 straight road wins, I wouldn't be sitting here, but that's okay. Hey, man. Uh, you know what? The biggest thing was, um, I, I really believe this number one is, is, is you have to get, I think at any level, it all comes down to player evaluation. Do you have a great, uh, your, everybody who tells you they're great at it probably isn't. It's the most inexact science ever, but you got to get really good at player evaluation and get the right guys that work for you. And I think, you know, just, we've all, we've all hit home runs and we've also shot air balls on guys. And so the big thing was to get, and I, I use this term loosely because I always say this, wherever the head coach is, they got to be, they got to be, if you're the coach, they got to be Dan Dickow guys. They have to be. If, if I'm the head coach, they got to be Brian Katz guys. The key is, can you get those guys? And then the key is player evaluation. Um, I think at any level, you know, people say it's recruiting. Well, what if you're recruiting the wrong guy? So player evaluation is critical and then, therefore, you get good players, of course, and then players that fit the way you're going to play, your personality, 
your culture, all of that. So trying to really get the culture going. And I thought the key was player evaluation. By the way, I think the way the game has gone now, just to go over a little bit, I think there's three things now in coaching that are probably paramount. In my opinion, it's player evaluation, player development, and player retention. And I think the third one, you know, because of the portal and all that stuff, then that's going to be, but I know one thing. There are certain programs that are really good that have stood the test of time and they never lose their better players. Never, never. And so I think those three things are critical. And so we try to get guys that, you know, quote, we're cats guys, Sac State guys that were good enough to play at our level and help us win. Let's stay on the topic of player evaluation. Uh, my son is now a, a high school freshman. I coached his AAU group uh, in the eval periods this summer. And it seems to me as there's a misunderstanding by so many people, whether it's the high school uh, rank scouts that do rankings or uh, parents that misunderstand really how the process works. Um, how do you balance out their, the player with their high school team versus the player in an AAU type setting? Because they could be great in one and poor in the other, but be perfect for your program. You, you, you hit the nail on the head. It's, it's really, there has to be, you got to be very clear on for us. We use the AU thing in the summer to identify, identify guys, but to really evaluate them, we need to see them with their high school team. And the main reason is this, the high school team, we all know this AU it's, 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 it's a little more like summer league. It's up and down. No, no knock on it. Not knocking at all. But high school is more like closer to what I would say structure division one basketball, especially if the guy kid comes from a really, really good program, but that's critical. And I'll just give you the best story I can give you. One of the best players we ever had is a kid named Dylan Garrity. I saw him in the summer in AAU. And I mean, I just yawned. I didn't, he was one of 10 guys running in and out. He was like a needle in the haystack. There was nothing about him. I went down and watched him play with his high school team and my jaw dropped I mean, I was like, are you kidding me? And to, just to give you the better rest of the story, I, I texted my staff, hey, I'm gonna, it was after the first quarter. I said, I'm gonna offer him after the game. They go, coach, have you lost it? You like to watch a guy. If you like a guy, you'll watch him 99 times, then you'll watch him again. I said, hey man, this dude, this guy's got it. Well, the same exact guy was an, it was like, ah, he's not, he's not good enough. But you get him within, now he's playing with guys he knows. Now he's playing in a system he knows. Now he's playing with his buddies he grew up with. It was uh, Edison High School in uh, Orange County. Now he's playing with guys he's known since he's seventh grade, confidence, system, role delineation, all the above. Oh, man, he flourished. And he, he was so good. He was a four-year starter for us, all-league player twice. Uh, he's in our Hall of Fame. Now he was a great player. I loved hearing stories like that from college coaches because as I've starting to coach more and more myself in those tournaments. Um, I, I see parents and scouts getting excited about the wrong things and the things that don't amount to winning. And, and that that's so great to hear. Let's talk about the big sky a little bit. Uh, I think it's an undervalued league. I've had a chance to, to call a number of big sky teams playing against PAC 12 schools for PAC 12 network. I've also been able to uh, call the Westwood one, uh, big Sky title games. And so I've seen a lot of the league over the last seven, eight years. As a coach, 
what what do you see with the league and how it continues to evolve? I'll tell you this: it is it is diff. Our preseason games we play are different than league, and I'll tell you why. Number one, no matter what we want to say, and every year we we got our stuff on the board, but we always get back to this. By the time you hit league, the way the big sky plays, it puts a real premium on guys that can really shoot the ball. And there's very good coaches that understand how to move the parts around, manipulate it, and create a system that will allow them to flourish with three-point shot. And so, like, I'll just say, like, there's a, a lot of times you play other conferences in the preseason, it's a little more up and down, faster pace, a little more athletic, a little more different kind of a thing. The big sky is highly structured and a real premium on shooting. And I'll tell you this, if you can't guard a three-point line, you will get lit up. And so you got guys like Randy Ray and those guys who, who, who can really coach. And I mean, they know what they're looking for and they know how to do it. And it's so funny because we used to teach our base defense and then we'd, we'd say, okay, now we're moving. You know, hey, day one, it's all about being able to guard a three because you will get lit up in our conference if you can't guard a three. I've noticed a lot of that. It is a shooter's league. There's a lot of skilled uh, guards that uh, just need a little bit of space. One of the guards that has come out of that league that just needs a little bit of space, and if he doesn't have it, he would take five or six steps back. I had a chance to watch him for the first time when Weber State played at Portland State when I was working for the Portland Trailblazers, and I was asked to go scout a college game. About five minutes into the game, he hit three or four threes, and and the GM I was sitting with at the time said, what do you think? I was blown away. It was Damian Lillard. What was your scouting report on Damian Lillard uh, when he came through the big sky? Well, real simple. He His first year was my first year here, and he was the sixth man on their team, and he was unanimous uh, all-league. But And no disrespect to Randy. I love Randy Ray. He's one of my good friends. He should have been MVP of the league. He was MVP as a freshman. And it was you could tell what was going on. They had a senior. It was a Kellen McCoy, really good, been there four years. But at the end of the day, Damian Lord is a freshman. You were like, oh, that's different. I mean, can you imagine? I want to give you my my first year at Sac State Division One. Here's three guys we played against. Now these are not normal freshmen. Damian Lillard, Paul George, and Clay Thompson. And I'm going. I'm kind of scratching. How do I get a guy that looks like that? Oh my God! But he was the thing with Lillard too, and I'll use his term. I'll call it. Great offensive efficiency, great understanding, and great feel from day one. You just could see it. He was not a guy like if you look at his cisternal ratios. I mean, he's not a high volume gunner. He's a guy that makes guys better. Two to one assist turnover ratio. I mean, he just yeah, the guy just and he just look. He never said a word and just beat our butt. Eating. I mean, it was just and we we game plan and game plan. We just couldn't stop him. Last question, Coach, and I appreciate the time. Uh, you're coaching your alma mater. We had kind of touched on that. What are the biggest challenges uh, for you at Sac State? How do you overcome those, and what's the outlook for this upcoming season? Because you look at the calendar, and games are starting in about, well, we're recording this on uh, September 7th. Games are starting early November. Hey, I think we have a game almost two months. Well, we got a scrimmage October 30th. I think November 9th is our first game. You know, for us, the the, the one thing that, that – and I think we've done a pretty good job of overcoming it is the gym. You know, our gym's very small. It seats 1,200. 
And what we tried to do is just say, hey, look, like, number one, we don't even worry about it recruiting. We just tell guys up front, hey, Dan, it's, if it's a problem, don't come here, bing, bang, bong. And then we sell, grind, get better, player development, improvement. We actually had one point, we were in, not recent, not in the last year or two, we kind of fell out. We were top five in the West winning percentage at home for amongst mid-majors. It was like Wichita State, Gonzaga, St. Mary's, I think it was Montana and us. So what we've done is turned something that was a negative into a positive because it's a really hard place to play. But it's a challenge because of recruiting for sure. No doubt about that. The other thing I would say is just, again, as always, really being able to sometimes I'll just say this loosely. Sometimes you have so many players in your state, you can get distracted and chase the wrong guys. There's a lot of really good players in our state. So for us to work through it and delineate and search and look and then target the three to five guys we really want, that, you know, that's a big, big challenge. And then, you know, I would say moving forward, I think the league this year has got a chance to, to really be good. Southern Utah returns everybody. I picked them to win it. They won it last year. Um, and I think what you're going to see this year, because the transfer portal are more seasoned, older, aggressive teams, just even us. I mean, we took three transfers and every one of them is older, seasoned and aggressive. And I think you're going to see that. And so it's going to be interesting. I don't know how that'll translate exactly, but I think the league's going to be different this year because of that. Awesome. Well, I appreciate it. I can sense the excitement building when I talk to not just yourself as a college coach, but some of the other coaches that I'm having on this podcast. The season's right around the corner, and uh, it's to me with my broadcast work, uh, it's it's the best part of the year. I look forward to it. Uh, seeing coaches like yourself go through shootarounds, hear about the prep, game planning, what you want to do, and hopefully, I get a chance to see your ball club in person this year. So, thanks again for joining, Coach. Hey, Dan, thanks so much for having me. I love your podcast. It was awesome. And uh, I'm really going to track it now, big time. I loved your interview with Steve Pratt. I thought it was phenomenal. The ISO with Dan Dickow and SB Live Sports, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network the number one podcast network for professionals. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.